Hello, this is Will Hardy with Man Talk Radio. We are all about breaking down the walls of race and denomination. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few minutes. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening to the Truth Network podcast. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours. And we are in our pre-Father's Day show. Robbie, it's, it's Father's Day Eve, right? I mean, you're the Eve guy. You have to be the Eve guy. It's just a single Eve. Just and a single it's right Eve. there, right around the corner. Yeah, it's tomorrow. No more shopping days left. Yeah, yeah. No ties. Don't go get a tie. <laughs> yeah, no screwdrivers. I mean, come on. You know, let's be a little bit more creative than that. But isn't it a holiday that does not sell any gifts? Yeah, yeah. The, the, if you listen, listen to the first show, uh, I played a comedian, and he goes on to talk about that there are no stores except for the dollar store that has Father Day sales. You know, I heard a good batch of Divinity is good for yeah, Father's I heard Day. Divinity is good. Yeah. I think everybody should get it for Jim. Yeah, Jim. You know, in yeah. celebration of his Divinity, I am graduation. the most divine one. <laughs> as far as you know, yeah, that's true. Well, we are talking about fathers. We're talking about earthly fathers. Last week, our, our topic was on our heavenly father. So if you want to know what we said about that, go back and listen to the show, the shows from last week. But this week, we're, we're continuing in the after hours talking about our earthly fathers and the impact that they made on us. And so, Andy, you actually have the first clip of, of this after hours segment. Is there some kind of award for that or something? Or? You're first. Oh. There is a connection. We've got me, Divine, and you, Andy. And... Talk about people that shouldn't have been in show business. But anyway. I have no idea. Yeah, I didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> Harold did. Give him okay. a mic. Roy Rogers. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, we're going Andy way back. Divine. Okay. I still don't get it, but okay, we're good. <laughs> so Andy I'm going to divine. <laughs> All right, I'll look it up. <laughs> I've got Google. I've got it. His movie name was Smiley Burnett, wasn't it? Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I've probably seen a picture somewhere. Andy, do you even know where we're at right no, now? No, we're not. It wasn't lost, man. Well, Andy, we're back to your clip, so we could go ahead and set that up. If you right. Right. That would be divide. We would do that, yeah. So uh, last week I wasn't able to be here, and everybody knows I love talking about being fathered by God and, and my relationship with the Father. Um, well, you should have been here last it week. Told, well, I should have. <laughs> I, sorry, God. The air is human. That's yeah. right. <laughs> not divine, right? But... Uh, but I want to kind of combine it. This clip does a really good job of kind of pairing the two together of the relationship between a, a good a good earthly father and obviously our, our great heavenly father. Um, this is from, I don't know if you, you've heard, but it's I Am Second is a ministry out there that kind of gets testimonies from famous people and it really speaks in the uh, speaks into my life whenever I hear these testimonies. And this is from Jonathan Kane, who's a keyboard player for Journey. Always loved Journey. And, and this kept coming up in my Facebook feed. And finally, I was like, I'm going to listen to the whole thing. And when I did, I was like, man, this is really good stuff. And it was before we really got into the Father's Day stuff, but it was right on the Father. And, and you'll hear that. But he's basically, 
he he gives his testimony. Go out there and listen to the whole five minute clip. This is two minutes of it, but he talks about how his father's influence led him into. Um, he he didn't really serve God the whole time, but at, at, a, at a young age, he had that. His father had that impact on him. You know, it was kind of the back. Um, you know, the encouragement and the inspiration for "Don't Stop Believing" and then some other songs. You'll hear all that. I'll talk about it when we get back. But it just the relationship that you see of how um, the his earthly father spoke into his life and it affected his uh, relationship with his heavenly father. Of course, journey came. But if I back up and and and, and mention the fact, my father was the one that gave me the advice. Don't stop believing. My dog got hit by a car. It was tragic. Um, and I needed money to pay for the vet bill. Uh, you know, and, and I had to call him and I hated asking him for money. But I said, Dad, I, I just wonder, should I give up on this music dream and come home to Chicago and forget about it? And there was a silence for a minute. And then he said, John, this is your vision. No, you're not coming home. Stay the course. Don't stop believing. And I wrote it down in this little lyric book that I had when I was writing lyrics. And it wasn't until five years later, Steve Perry looked at me and said, you got another song? And I said, well, let me look at my book. And sure enough, there's what Dad had said. Thank you, Dad. Years later, when my father passed, I was devastated. I didn't think I would be able to carry on. I, I always wrote for him, I thought. I said, everything I did, every note I play, I can trace back to my father. And then God, his voice came to me, I sat as I was weeping on the piano, said, no, John, it's been me. It's me, John. It's always been me, through him. But I am the source. I am where it comes from, John. You, you, you've pleased me. And I went, oh man, how did I miss that, you know? So you were the guy in the room when I wrote Faithfully. Yeah, I'm forever yours, Lord, faithfully. Oh God. I stand, you stand by me, I'm forever yours faithfully. All those songs, Lord, yes. It opened my eyes to like the transcendence of, of a father reaching down to his son, you know, through his natural father, there is this heavenly father, this voice that, that came to me and now I know where it all comes from. And he's a good God. My name is Jonathan Cain and I am second. So it, it just really spoke to me. I've told a story on on the rate on the radio show just of how um, when I really began to seek after God, and I think it was all an imitation process. Um, how he, I went on the trip to Yosemite. He he did three distinct kind of natural things that really showed his love towards me and made an impact on my life. And then he reminded me back about how when my dad left my life, he knew he had to leave the state, and how he had taken me on this this uh, great vacation, he knowing that I, he wouldn't see me in a long time. I'm not real, I'm really unaware. I think he'll be back after he gets done with this job or whatever. And uh, it was three places he took me, and God linked those, and it was like kind of his story and the fact that, you know, you think that you connected with your father, your earthly father, but there was a God back there behind all that, orchestrating that. And I think it brought God great joy to be able to say, you thought your dad really did something for your heart, but look what I can do for your heart. And I've never been the same. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's, a, it's a message about 
really why we were created is to have that father-son relationship with our heavenly father and but to speak more on my with about my earthly father he he was that guy that was said don't stop believing i remember um I went to college, was just working, trying to make money and all, and I told Dad about going and seeing the football team out there, and he knew I played and knew I loved it. Oh, Dad, son, you ought to drop what you're doing and just go play. <laughs> Dad's situation calls for me to work. I can't really do that. But he had that kind of belief. The only game we run, we won in my high school career was whenever he came in from out of state to my homecoming game, and we won that one game. So he was there. He had that presence. He wasn't a perfect man, and there was a lot of times that I looked at him it's pretty hard and not very spiritual. But then I began to re- recently, in this last few years, I begin to have more of an appreciation. And our our family comes from a line of preachers. And um and dad, I just I begin to remember all the things that he said spiritually as later in his life. And he began to I, 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 mom definitely had an impact on me, but my dad did as well. Again, not a perfect man, but definitely a man. I knew I was the apple of his eye. And I knew that he was very proud of me. He knew I knew he loved the spiritual walk that I had chosen to take. And a lot of times I think I felt like I did that on my own. And it was always God doing it. But I think he had more of an impact on me than I actually thought. Another thing is just this thing I've really kind of gone in my, after my ancestors. And I began to realize his spiritual walk about this time of his life and his desire to understand his family and that kind of thing all has happened to me kind of, I didn't go after it to kind of match up what he did. It just kind of happened, and I'm looked back at it, and I'm like, man, this is really cool. Thank you, Andy. I appreciate that. Well, Kenny, you actually have something yeah, that kind and, of ties and, in yeah, to this particular. Right. Well, when he shared this, it just, you know, and then Father's Day came up. That song just popped in my head because just like the movies, y'all pull out them clips. It's got that moment or that hook. Mm-hmm. You say, you know, this is a reflection of, of the beauty of God or the truth. That, that, that song to me spoke that same way. Because if we lose hope, what have we got? Emptiness, depression, and try to fill it with anything else. So uh, we'll play the clip, and then we, we can talk about it a little bit more. All right, here we go. Yeah. Don't stop believing. Well, to me, that, that the hook was don't stop believing. Because like I just mentioned, if we lose our faith, what do you fall back onto? Mm-hmm. Trouble, yeah. brokenness. Yeah. And that's what it brings without God. And, you know, and without the Heavenly Father, that's the reason the family is so much under attack and attacking even masculinity in itself. What is a man? What is a woman? It's what God created. And, mm-hmm. and Satan's always trying to make a mockery. Because I think that's what a, a lot of people are doing. You know, mm-hmm. he, he mentioned that in that mm-hmm. uh, one of the takes we we did earlier. Yeah, Robbie, I see something clicking over there. Uh, okay, <laughs> no, I, w- I was just curious about your dad. Yeah, so my, same thing I was going to ask about. Well, well okay, your dad's well, impact. well that, yeah. that's because he he kept pointing to me. Don't lean on your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him. You know, and he'll direct 
the past of your life. And he was a musician. Don't stop believing. Yeah, yeah. And but you know, I related to that because of, of a music director. Yeah, yeah. Us playing our part, and God calls us out. When to bring it up, when to bring it back, mm-hmm. when to sit down and let other people carry it. And, and that's what I love about this brotherhood here. We call it the band of brothers. And all, and uh, and I want to tell everybody if I got if I give me a minute, you know, uh, you know, I'm I'm a Carolina Bible camp with my granddaughter. That's where I met these guys because I knew the camp. Mm. Now I'd heard you guys on the radio a little bit, and uh, God said, "Go check them out." It seemed like they, you know, I heard about a little bit of shenanigans when I got down there, but <laughs> it was a really good group of guys. And, and you go after hearts, and you want to get that heart not for not for you, but for God, because you, you you see that orphan spirit that God helped heal us from, and uh, I recommend. It is coming up, and uh, I appreciate you guys opening up next week. Uh, I talked to one of the pastors. He's out, out down there working with us, and he's excited about next week meeting, meeting you guys. Cause he's great. Yeah. He's working on a ten uh, a, a itinerary how to train our young men. Mm. And I said, these guys will be able to help you a whole lot. It'll be good. Yes. Uh, when I look yeah. around the room, not many of us hit that young <laughs> the young category. Chuck's uh, the closest. Oh, we but no, you sage the sage part, y'all. Oh, that's true. Passing yeah. that wisdom on, say, hey, learn from our mistakes. Oh, we really listen. Of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, we all yeah. do. Yeah. We all do. And yeah. how to handle the mistakes. That, that's that's right. the important part too, because we're yeah. all broken. And how not to handle them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right too. Yeah. Yeah. Your dad was a musician. Yes. Musician, not a musician. Yeah, yeah. Okay. A magician. Okay. Okay. magician either. Hey, yeah. a little southern, southern slang. And was he a professional he musician? Yeah. He could have been, but he chose he chose not to because he told me the lifestyle and being away from us. He chose to to work, to work a factory job, to support us, and be home with his family. So he really set the example for me and how important family and church was above the opportunity he had. Because he could have been professional. He could have been, but he chose no. So he taught you how to play? Uh, kind of. I hung around. I was around it so much growing up. But, you know, it was bluegrass, gospel, that type of thing. And, uh, uh, you know, I got to rock and roll hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I appreciate it. I played that. Played some of that with him. I didn't home. notice, did y'all? No. no, no, no. no. <laughs> I've not, not seen a theme there anywhere. Oh, uh, yeah. well, you'll see more of it. Yeah, that's what I, I I'll make sure I bring it. I'll yeah, bring it. I figured we are okay. going to have a few more of those coming yes. up. Well, thank you. Uh, the next clip actually is one that uh, we've played many times in different contexts, but I couldn't get away from this clip for this topic. You know, for me growing up, my dad, uh, I was not expected. <laughs> you know, my dad was 49 when I was born. I was not planned. You know, I kind of came along. A lot more to that story I won't get into on the air, but uh, should not have, I should not have been born from the standpoint from a worldly thing uh you know should not have been able to be born but god had different plans and so you know i I came along and and my dad had been born in in 1914 i was born in 63 and so a lot of life differences you know we didn't have a lot in common Uh, my dad was not a christian uh when i was growing up he he did become one before he passed away so we just didn't have a lot in common and uh so that that led to a lot of misunderstandings it led to a lot of uh good fodder for the enemy to attack my heart yes. right and so in this clip and i'll come back and i'll talk about it more but this is from everybody loves raymond it's it's one that we've used in the past where it's a, it's a horse track their wives think that they're out getting counseling <laughs> but they're at the horse track betting 
<laughs> and so they have to come up with their reason why that, uh, you know, what their breakthrough was for the week. And so as they're talking through trying to figure out what they're going to tell the women when they get back, the dad opens up and shares some of his story that the boys never knew. And so we're going to listen to that. Frank, Sharon, the boys share their perspective on it, and then we'll talk about it when we come back. My dad used to tell me horrible stories about how his father used to hit him when he wasn't hitting me. Grandpa Joe hit you? Sure, I got hit every day. Wow, Dad. I didn't know that it was like that for you. It was like that for everybody. That's just the way it was. So, so your dad's dad hit him, he hit you, and you never really hit us. I couldn't. I don't know. I was always weaker than him. Maybe you didn't want to be like him. I didn't. So where that comes from and why I use that clip, um, you know, when I was thinking about my dad's impact on my life, I could say, well, you know, he gave me a lot of good advice, you know, never throw the first punch in a fight. So I did everything I could except throw the punch to get a fight started. You know, you work, you work away around it, you know, never hit a female, you know, lots of, lots of dadly advice. And it was sound stuff. And I did internalize that and believe it and live from that. It was good advice. I'd also say that, you know, he had a great uh, quick wit, you know, and so I got to see that a lot. And, and I think that that's where some of you guys would disagree. What I call my sense of humor uh, comes from. But, you know, that, that's from him. And, and so, you know, I definitely had some things, but I was really struggling. And then I started thinking about the things that I chose to do because he didn't do them or chose not to do because he did do them. For example, my dad never came to any of my baseball games. I played many, many years. He came to three games. He was a huge baseball fan, huge baseball fan. Never, never came to any of my games. It wasn't though he wasn't available. It just he didn't come. You know, and so the enemy's attack on that was, so you're just not important. It's not baseball. He doesn't love at you. You know, and so there was a lot of attacks there. Later on, I learned it's because he couldn't smoke a cigarette <laughs> down at the ball field is the only reason he didn't come. You know, and so... But, you know, as a kid, you don't know how to interpret that or deal with it. And there was things. And so growing up, my kids were growing up, rather, I was at every one of their events unless I physically could not be there. I would do everything I had to to get there. I didn't care if it was choir, you know, a, 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 a track meet, whatever it was, whatever they were in, I was doing. You know, I was going to be there for a performance, a game, whatever. And it was really important to me because I knew the pain of when dad wasn't there. Right. And so initially I thought, well, what I really kind of got from my dad was what not to do or what to do in different situations, you know, and then God reminded me of this clip and, and reminded me of after my dad passed away, my dad passed away in 1984, I was 21. And so he's been gone a number of years. And so, you know, after I, I started walking in some of this message from Wild at Heart and really getting my heart back and some things, it, it led into lots of conversations with my mom and eventually to one of my older sisters, uh, just asking him questions about my dad's life. And what really was important that God uh, unpacked for me there was dad wasn't there to share it like Frank did with his sons, but my mom was able to share some stuff with me. My sister was able to share stuff with me that she saw. She was 14 years older than me. And so she saw a lot of things 
as a teenager that I wouldn't have had any uh, clue about. And she helped me understand what she knew about dad's life growing up as a kid. And so what I did learn that I got from him is he protected me in a lot of ways, like Frank protected his boys. If you ever watched Everybody Loves Raymond, Frank's not a model dad in a lot of ways, but when you know the rest of the story, you know the perspective, Frank was given everything he could. And he was loving those boys as well as he could. You know, and I look back at my dad, and my dad had some things that he didn't do great. But to his ability, he loved me very well. You know, and, and if my kids can at least say that, to my ability, I loved him very well, then I think I've been a successful dad, right? And especially helping lead him to God and, you know, those things. And, you know, so when I look back, I see my dad totally differently. Not that he was perfect. You know, none of us are perfect. But he, those flaws that I thought he had weren't really what I thought they were because I didn't have the eyes to see him clearly, if that makes sense. And so my dad give, did give me a lot of things, and I'm still working to unpack some of that even this many years later. Yeah, and I think we were talking about this too. And I, and I think hearing your story and just even my dad's and stuff, I think there's the other thing too of appreciating what they actually went through themselves, mm-hmm. the the hurt that they experienced, the wounds that they experienced. My dad ended up, his dad ended up committing suicide, but his dad wasn't involved in his life, mm-hmm. you know, at a young age for all the way through his life. He never really knew a father other than a, a, a rough grandfather. So anyway, just just another perspective on on just what people bring and hurt people hurt people, I guess. Oh, yeah. If you would have asked me, I would have said, you know, my dad was a pretty hard man, you know, as far as the way he approached things. Well, learning stories about my grandfather before he became a Christian was an extremely hard man. You know, and looking at my dad, there was no comparison. You know, it was Frank and his dad, you know, from the clip, it was a world of difference. You know, and having that perspective changes everything. You know, you can see things differently. How often did you beat your children, Sam? Um as they needed it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was sort of amused that your father, I mean, I was raised, you never hit a girl. Yeah. And the worst beating I got in high school, or actually in my life, was a girl in a semi-ride at school that mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I finally had to run away. She scratched me half the day. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I had the same thing in sixth grade. I won't mention the, the lady's name because I'm still friends with her on Facebook and I don't want her to know it was her. But um, she was beating the snot out of me and I couldn't hit her back, you know, because my dad said, you don't hit a girl, you know. And at some point, I just had to get up and leave, you know, because she just kept wailing on me. I did say, I'm sure I said something. Go figure. Nah, nah, that could happen. But, uh, but now we switch over to, to Harold. Harold, would you like to tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, your uh, impact your dad had on your life? Yeah, there was uh, a lot of negative for most of my life that I look back. Um, then I began to look back and, and I, I could see some of the positives. My dad uh, worked with the gas company there in Alabama, uh, putting in pipeline, uh, operating a ditching machine. And uh, if it was 102 outside, he was there. If it was below zero, he was there. And he hated the cold. And one of the things he said to me very frequently, looking back on it, was, Son, get yourself an education so you don't have to work like I do. Uh, he he wasn't telling me, you know, that he was going to fund me getting an education. 
he was leaving it up to me. You know, it was so he was encouraging me to seek a different way of earning a living. Uh, but he was also pointing out that it was up to me to do it. And I did. And uh, education became a very important thing to me. And uh, for many years, I, I had a lot of resentment because my father had a problem with alcohol, and it affected me greatly. And uh, I, I went through a, a love-hate relationship with my father because of it. Uh, when I became an adult, and uh, of course he eventually stopped stopped his drinking, but I began to to look at at his past. Uh, he was born in 1910, and uh, he re- I remember that as a youngster, you know, a young teenager, you know, he he left home, and he hoboed his way out to Texas to try to find a job, and. Uh, Talking with me one time, he told me that uh, he went hungry a lot because uh, he kept the dollar in his shoe because if if they caught you and you didn't have at least a dollar, they'd put you in the jail. So he had to go hungry rather than give up his money at the risk of jail time. So, you know, my dad had had his own demons to fight. Uh, I was actually an adult before I realized that he had been married before he and my mother were married. And his first wife was uh, pregnant with what would have been their first child and uh, got typhoid fever and and both died. And that was like in May of that year. And I saw my father could go months sometimes without drinking at all. And May roll around and kapow, you know, he's gone. And uh, my dad was not a social drinker. Uh, but he was not abusive to us either. The, the what I suffered from was the shame. You talked about you you wanted your dad at the ball games. Well, when I was playing high school football, I didn't want my dad to come because he would be drinking and I would be embarrassed. And so it was it was kind of a a thing where you know I, I had to forgive him after. I became older and smarter. I did forgive my dad, uh, but I, I still realize the impact it had on me. Did you play quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> no. Or even eighth back? Eighth back. <laughs> I, he was a lineman. Leave him alone. I was running back. And he was quick. Cornerback on defense. Kick returner, punt returner. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> I know you were, Harold. Thank you, Harold, for sharing. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, we who are all on the air uh, today, we're all fathers. And one of the things I want to leave you with is we are so incredibly proud of our kids. And so if you're having one of our kids listen, we couldn't be more proud of you. We love you. We're thankful that God gave you to us. And uh, we're very thankful every day that we have you. Listen to us again next week. We'll talk with you then. This is the Truth Network.